Welcome to Every Album Ever with Mike and Alex. My name is Michael Mansour, and I'm joined, as always, by my loving summer currently co-host, Alexander Volt. Say hello. Hello. This is Every Album Ever, the podcast where we listen to every single album in the world, one artist at a time. That's a new discography per episode. And today, we'll be discussing every album by Poison Idea, coming in at a combined weight of 1,300 pounds. The- no, no joke. No joke. That is literally what they weighed. <laughs> This is requested. <laughs> this is requested on Patreon. Our, this is. It's not the first time this has happened, but it's the first time that we've actually recorded an episode where this this has happened. Requested by two patrons. Nice. Two patrons. This is requested by both Eli and our buddy Rory. Who I mean, Rory has been with us forever. Yes, I feel like it's been a while since uh, uh, I've I've talked about Rory. I was going to say seen, but I've never seen. You've Rory. never seen Rory, nor have I. Uh, he did Crass. He also requested the Cramps. He requested, and the last one he requested. Was septic death. Oh, uh, the, that was the most recent one. And now we got we got another Rory pick. They're always punk. Always punk. Which is a it's reliable and it's a nice home base for me personally. I I I did. I was a big Poison Idea fan as a teenager. I a hundred percent assumed you would be. Y- yes, yes, and of one record. I, I oh, one record. I'd only heard one. I heard more than one, but uh, I heard one thing that we're covering here and then a compilation that I I'd mm-hmm. bought when I was really young um, that we're not going to be covering. So I, there's most of this I haven't heard. Okay. But there is one thing that I abs- I've heard countless times. Okay. Uh, but before we get into any of all, any of all that, any of all that, please uh, hang out if you if you like us, hang out longer, subscribe on YouTube if you want to do that, like the video if you like it, leave comments, uh, talking shit if you want to do that. Uh, you can also leave your picks for best and worst if you want to play along with us. And uh, yeah, you can also find a Spotify playlist on Poison Idea. There's a link in the description along with, uh, you know, got links. I mean, we got places associated with basically every episode. All those are at everyalbumever.com. You can also find them in the link directly. They're, they're all on uh, Alex's Spotify profile. You can follow him directly on there if you want to. There's a million things there. And uh, if you want to really help us out, patreon.com slash everyalbumever. Uh, there you get bonus episodes, early access to the loose ends, episodes, 20% off all our merch. You get to see our schedule in advance. You get to vote on polls to decide who we're covering next we haven't discussed it yet but once we're done recording this we are going to establish the next poll the last one is officially closed i'm so happy with the result of the last one yes you already know what it is yes uh i'm I'm so goddamn stoked to do that episode uh so yeah go there if you want to uh, be a part of that and if you're tier two if you're bigger than jesus just like eli just like rory you can request artists for us to actually cover it is the only fucking way we will cover any requests at this point there's just too many and the, even these man like there's just i'm tired dude i'm so fucking burnt out and listening to so much music i'm tired oh shit but it is fun and uh yeah so go there if you want to do that Last plug for me, please check out my debut EP, Pander Monkey by Pander Monkey. Link in the description for that. Poster rock, moody, heavy, lots of instruments. It's very pretty. It's very cool. It's me by myself. If you hate me, go ahead and shit on it. If you don't hate me, listen to it because you love me. Okay, there it is. Uh, and I think that's it for plugs. Sounds about right. All right. All right. So, Poison Idea, uh, hardcore punk, uh, mm-hmm. classic hardcore punk, uh, right there in the, you know, the 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 meat of this of when the scene got fast and crazy mm-hmm. so it, you know first record came out 83 and uh they went on for a while a good while a good while uh main dude jerry a or jerry a lang that's a singer or Sing, 
The singer, yep. And then uh, the other consistent member until his death in 2006, Pig Champion, who... You know him when you see him, buddy. <laughs> boy, he oh boy. Looks like a guy named Pig Champion. Also, there's a burger spot in L.A. called Grillum All. Went there last night. And they have a burger called the Pig Champion. Yep. And I've never listened to this. Ba- well, I've heard one song yep. by way of a cover, um, but I've never listened to this band. So I didn't realize that was named after a person. Oh, you didn't know that? I thought they just gave it a gross name. Oh, no. That was the first thing I noticed when I when I first went there. I was like, oh, yeah. shit. They need to burger to Pig Champion. That's fucking, it's, it's badass. Uh, and it has like it, Canadian bacon in it and fucking it, all kinds. Of, yeah. It is worthy of, of the man. Uh, good. Uh, yeah. Good. I've never tried it. Maybe I haven't tried next, it either. Maybe next time. Maybe next time. In honor of, in honor, in honor of this episode, I think, yeah. I think it should. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so they, they, they've been around a, a fucking while and they pretty much stayed hardcore until the end. Which is both, I think, a good thing and a fucking bad thing. There, there's a few divergences, a little l- here l- and there that I appreciated. There were moments where I'm like, "Holy shit, that's that's cool." I'm glad they did something a little different. But mm-hmm. if you, if you're, and this is what this is why you don't binge albums. No, you will start to fucking hate your life because I uh, toward the end because I I'm gonna tell you right now. Wow, even you. I'm gonna tell you right now. I listened to lit in today. I listened to every single album. Holy in shit, in a row. That, uh, maybe like one break. No, that's insane. I, I I took most. I think I took all my notes today because I listened to like six in your driving. You so, yeah. yeah. I t- listened to like six or something like beforehand, and then uh, I didn't take any notes on them. I was like, I'll take my notes when I finish the rest. And then I I got sidetracked and I got busy, and I said, like, well, I I guess I just got to take all the notes along with. Okay, so I just fucking mainlined it. Holy shit! And at a certain point, I was like, I don't know if I if I'm just bored and tired and exhausted, or if these are boring hardcore songs. And at a certain point I was like, Oh, these are just boring hardcore songs. And these ones are still good. And uh, they were, they were, I listened to them so close to each other that I could tell them apart. Still. I didn't lose my fucking brain. I did not lose my mind. That's impressive because I did not do what you did. And then for a few albums, I was really getting like the fatigue and then they kind of changed it up a little bit, which was nice. And then uh, my fatigue was not as constant. So, and and they, it, it is tough with with a thing like hardcore, and it, and it's also a thing that we've talked about plenty in the past because most of our episodes are either punk bands or metal bands, uh, where you, I don't know how to. It's like uh, the definition of porn. I can't like I don't I don't know, but I'll I'll know it when I see it. <laughs> That's what it is with a good punk song or a good hardcore song or a yeah. good metal song or whatever subgenre. It's like. I know when it's good, but I can't explain to someone who doesn't listen to that music why it's good. I've tried. They've asked me. I'm like, I can't. I can't do it, dude. I'm sorry. So, at a certain point, I was, like, I was losing that definition. Like, well, maybe it's all bad and it's all good. I don't know. And then I was like, wait, this song is fucking way better than that. Okay, all right. I'm just fucking. It's just you. You, you lose it when you, when you listen to too many in a row. Yes. But uh, I did. I didn't. I've my my years in. At this point, well over a, a decade of binging hardcore has not failed me. I still, I, I still love the genre so much. I knew you'd come. I knew you'd come through because uh, yeah, I'm uh, I might need some help on these uh these early ones. So oh yeah, the early yeah, it's very interesting. Um, so like we said, the main dudes are Jerry A and Pig Champion, who were there since the beginning, but. They had a, a lot of lineup changes, and uh, let's just say a fucking lot 
I, oh, did, I didn't even bother with any other <laughs> band member when it's I saw how so many. fucking wild. So we got our history from our, our, our tried and true history guy, Tom Osmond. You can follow him on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Tom Osmond Sounds, uh, as well as his Substack at TomOsmond.substack.com, where he writes about, writes about music and all that. And he, please be sure to check out his debut album, So Much for Long Day's Work, which you can find in the description as well as all the platforms. He's very good at what he does, and he's also very fast. He's much faster than we are at recording these episodes, that's for damn sure. And he, uh, he, he sent us a whole bunch of stuff, including the list of the former band members, which uh, I believe... You could also find it on on the wiki. Jesus Christ. Let's just count them. All right. Uh, so they continued after Pig Champion died for, for one album. So he's considered a former member. So let's just count him. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21. Look at that. 21 and three of them are dead. Three of them are dead. And the recent deaths recent too. very recent death but also the i don't i wish i knew more because uh jerry a just published this year like a couple months ago yeah uh his, bio- his autobiography is yeah. in three parts it's three-part autobiography and by all accounts that i've read about it it is brutal like it will fuck you up reading like his childhood and then the years of poison idea Oh, I bet just just one story in these notes. I was like, Jesus Christ, man! Like, like I'll, I'll get to it and yeah, when it comes up, when it comes up. But but this is the definition of hardcore. Like these guys are one of the perfect, pristine examples of what hardcore punk is. It's like everything about it. It's not just the music because the music did exemplify that, like to a T. But. The guys in the band are gnarly. They're so gnarly. The the the, the ethos behind it, the way they lived, the fucking the, the way they never succeeded, the way like fucking the hardships, the the homelessness from like the band members themselves, like it just never was easy. Like not even early homelessness, like late in life <laughs> homelessness, yeah, like real homelessness, fucking like resorting to crime. Like, like it's crazy. Yeah. And it's, it's so real. And it, it's like a, it's a nice cold splash of water, splash of cold water in the face for anybody who fucking had an easier life or who thinks they have it rough. Like, yeah, all right, this is take it easy, buddy. Yeah. This sucks. This sucks a lot more. <laughs> Although I do wonder how much of it was uh self-imposed because reading yeah. about how pig champion got his nickname and reading that inside his home, there's this piles i want to get to the quote specifically because it's so fucking amazing and you know what let's just fucking get to the quote now because it 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 is unlike anything else so this is um this is from 1992 uh where was this interview uh from this is from paperback jukebox um yes i don't know exactly i mean whatever i've never heard of that but um this is from the the interviewer uh, they say, quote, when photographer John uh, Eckenrode and I arrived at Tom Pig Champion's house. Oh, by the way, his name is Tom Roberts. Uh, Roberts, right? I'm not fucking misremembering that. Oops. I hope it doesn't have an S because you're so dope at nailing. Like, I'll throw S's and oh, vowels right. on names that don't belong there. It is Roberts. Okay. Uh, I, I was just hoping there wouldn't be an S, so you'd 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 be wrong. I, once. Would, I would feel the cold sting of, <laughs> of, of, of it once. I've been I've been wrong about a lot of shit in this podcast. Don't worry. I try, to, I try to fix it in post, like in on the, at least in the video, but I've been wrong a lot. Names, 
you, you nail it. Though. And he's like, okay, thank you. I'll take yeah. that. Uh, so, uh, yeah, when, uh, when John Eckenrode and I arrived at Tom Peak Chapman's house to conduct this interview on a June afternoon marked by record-breaking heat, we discovered another probable reason the guitarist earned his nickname. Inside, flies buzzed over large plastic bags filled with household garbage. Tom sat in front of the cable-equipped television on a love seat reserved just for him, swilling beer out of a 40-ounce bottle and occasionally spitting into one of the rubbish heaps. Drummer Steve Hanford and guitarist and guitarist Mondo and bassist Myrtle Tickner sat between garbage piles. Uh, I mean, Jesus Christ, dude. So gross. It's hilariously gross. It's it's out of a cartoon gross. <laughs> I was going to say that. Yeah. It's not real. How could that be real? How could anyone? Yeah. Man, I thought I knew. I thought I knew disgusting fucks, but no, n- not to that level. Not to. Man. So I guess that's one of the reasons he had the name. He's also morbidly obese. And I do mean fucking morbidly because he did die. Yes. And then um, is that like solely the reason they stopped touring was because of how fat he was he i don't know if it was because maybe because he just refused to tour at a certain point and then yeah i know he was like so heavy he had a play sitting down a lot of times it's play sitting down uh it could have been because because i'm sure it was well here's the thing when you're that that, a factor when you're when you're that big everything else happens too you're not just hard hard you're not just having trouble moving you're having trouble breathing and mm-hmm. moving and staying active for long periods of time and you get sick easier like everything happens when you're that big yeah uh you're dying you're li- fucking literally dying yeah so i'm sure that was the the, the, the reason uh but wait oh man i thought i had to, so where do they begin? I think they started in uh, Portland, Portland, right? Oregon. Uh, and then I didn't read it in the notes. I just kind of vaguely remembered that from when I was a kid. And then, uh, yeah, Jerry met Pig at a Dickie show. Um, oh, that's right. Like they, 79. They, yeah. Like in the pit. And he's this. They were both this kind of like they were fighting each other, right? They're like just ramming into each other. Yeah. In the they pit. were like, who the fuck are these? Yeah. And then they would meet up six months later. At a, like mutual friends, yeah, and then they they hit it that, off. For, that's what happened. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Pig said to to Jerry says because uh, he saw his band at a show. The, oh, that's that's what what it was, yeah. And he says, "I remember you were at nine nine nine. You're that bearded goon." <laughs> <laughs> and then they hit it off, which yeah. is which is kind of beautiful. Uh, I uh, to go a little bit back to my personal history with the band. Uh, big, yeah, I was a big fan as a, as a teenager in my you know when I was knee deep in, into hardcore and. I saw them live once, and I've said this in past episodes where I said uh, I was lucky enough to see them before Pig died. Mm-hmm. And it turns out my memory is bad, and memories are super unreliable and and stupid. And so what happens is like, okay, well, when was the show that 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 I went to? And I because I saw that he died in two thousand six, and I thought, wait, how old was I in two thousand six? It doesn't yeah. it doesn't add up because I remember when I saw them, and I was what you know, it's around. 15 or 14 or something like that like high school yeah uh, early high school and uh so i was i was trying to find the specific show that i went to like googling it and i found it and the date was off by it was the show i went to was 2007 so obviously the ghost of pig champion was there and i did see him <laughs> and i'm not full of shit and i wasn't just making things up in my head but uh for so i was thinking like why do i have this vivid memory of seeing pig up there and be like holy shit he really is that big having the visual of him with his white shirt and his tiny little guitar on his giant massive body mm-hmm. and then i remembered 
that no, he was dead. That wasn't that show. <laughs> what it, what I was thinking of was the time I saw Rick Agnew. I was like, holy fuck, he got big. <laughs> <laughs> Different guy completely, but he looked the same. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. dying. Same oh. vibe. Same vibe. Uh, yeah, Rick Agnew's fucking awesome, but God, goddamn, he he does not didn't look like he's doing too well these days, or at least I mean that was fucking ten years, fifteen years ago. But uh, so I didn't see them. Uh, with Pig, he already died, but I did see them, and it was. I remember being already so cool because it was at a. It was a. We went to see Lower Class Brats, which is a band I don't like, and a, I mean the band I generally think is kind of blows. And I went with these other punk guys mm-hmm. who liked all this '90s shit and all like the you know this all the 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 shit that I hated basically this the casualties and the fucking and everything that came in and later on and it always felt to be very bland stuff and not to shit on them but I'm, I'm guess I'm shitting on them but low class bats were in that ilk and they were huge fans I was like ah, I'll go to hang out and then I saw on the bill poison idea I was like I'll go, I'll go for poison idea there you I'll go, go. poison idea all right I'll see why not and I and I go and of course I'm the only one who's excited to see poison idea nobody knows who the fuck they are they're all these like newer punk bands and they go up and you see how fucking old they are for one because you see Jared he is he's also obese at the, mm-hmm. at the time at least I don't, I'm sure he's still big now but he was pretty big you don't you don't get to 1300 with just one fat guy you, no no not not even a big champion no. not even the champion of champions <laughs> so what what happened was they didn't, they didn't play a long set, but it was within minutes. They're on stage and he's dressed like shit. He's a giant, dirty, oversized, uh, faded black T-shirt and shorts. Someone in the crowd spits on him, spits right on a shirt without missing a beat. He grabs his shirt and licks it off. Yeah. I was like, I fucking love this guy. Yes. Yes. That's just a normal day for him. It's nothing to him. Yeah. It's fucking nothing to him. Oh, that, that was uh, that was exciting. Yeah. It's a simple little thing, but it was like, all right, that guy lost. We were spit on him fucking lost that one. Yeah. Uh, finding out about his upbringing, uh, I was like, oh, he's kind of like Mike because uh, he had like uh, an affini- affinity for like finish, finish hardcore. hardcore. And like you've, Dude. Talk- you've talked about that all the time about how you went deep well, yeah like different country hardcore because she loved it so much specifically finnish hardcore yeah and i didn't know this until until thomas notes i'm like i fucking love this guy like yeah. there's such a like there's so much overlap especially if, if those are on the patreon I, I post these uh mike's vault stuff where i talk about like uh the, the obscure obscure hardcore stuff that I, I i discovered as a teenager and i i just like you know whatever band or record and a lot of it's finished stuff, and I go deep into how into these 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 scenes, uh, and I, I throw out like a bunch of names. And there's quotes here from the same fucking bands that I all like I always cite. Uh, you so mean, you mean the Pogues? Not the Pogues. <laughs> he does cite the Pogues because he liked like they were doing something interesting. They were interesting. Check out that episode, by the way. Uh, but so here's a quote from Jerry. This is like from 2021, very recent interview. He says, uh, he, "What's the what's the quote?" Um, he says, yeah, music is like that. And plus everybody puts their own spin on it. It's kind of like the, what the Pogues did from, from Ireland and the Scandinavian stuff. Like say Finland and Sweden, you can almost tell what it's like being there, being uh, being where they come from with the darkness, the cold, the booze, the vodka. He says, I just found something in some magazine the other day with Vota Vasco. He was posting something with, I think, that band Chaos, uh, who I loved a lot. I had a back patch of them in high school. It's fucking 
Uh, no one <laughs> knew who that was. And uh, I was, I would actually made, the, I actually uh, sewed on that back patch, hoping I would make friends that way. <laughs> like someone's got to know this. It's massive. Like, come on. No one. Uh, uh, continuing the quote, he says, and this guy goes, oh, I never saw them with Paul on base. Uh, and he goes, well, yeah, their bass player passed out when they were playing the show, looking at these pictures. And, uh, and I was staring at them from like 1981. I was like, okay, this is a horrible quote. I'm cutting out this entire section. Yes. This is, this is in, it's a jumbled mess. Clearly he was speaking and it made sense when he was speaking it on, on paper. Makes no sense. It's done. It's axed. I'm keeping me saying this in, but it's done. It's out. <laughs> You're done, buddy. You're out of here. <laughs> but anyway. Without going into the quotes, he cites Chaos, he cites Llama. These are all bands that I was like really into uh, as a teenager. Uh, Llama was fucking so so cool. Stupid, hilarious vocals, but goddamn, they're a cool band. Uh, but anyway. Uh, uh, yeah, also likes cool shit you wouldn't expect a punk rock guy to like, like Queen, Roxy Music, and Sparks. Sparks! Yeah, he says uh, the, the, the quote. He, he says, uh, music was not so much escapism. I was a little kid. I was nine listening to those bands, uh, stuff like that it was glamorous. I could be glamorous in my bedroom, listening to this great music, or I could be heavy, listening to Sabbath. And I was dangerous. <laughs> uh, his first concert was three dog night when he was eight, which is pretty badass. I'm not a big three dog night fan, but when you're eight, that's pretty cool. Uh, this is fucking funny. Uh, he left home when he was 15, which is I mean, I guess that's, that wasn't too uncommon for, for that scene. He says, when I left home early when I was 15 because I got into punk rock, uh, then I started scalping tickets to shows because that's how I made my money and survived. Invested 100 bucks in Peter Frampton, tic- Peter Frampton tickets because I knew it was going to sell out. And I started selling them and got my money back plus my rent. Rent was like 50 bucks. Hey. Fucking 50 bucks, man. <laughs> oh, my God. And then... Tom adds here, the son of a bitch. He said the scheme fell apart when he bought a bunch of yes tickets and nobody wanted them, which is hilarious. <laughs> like, I understand. I love yes, but in the 80s, in the 80s I get it. Whew. I get it. Uh, see. Yeah. So I guess, uh, yeah. And much like with everybody from that, that time period, going to see their moans kind of changed everything mm-hmm. uh, that, that basically spawned uh, the entire generation. Yeah. Another thing that um, I thought was interesting is when they've, started playing music they sounded more like public image limited that's right yeah and then you know kind of hearing the black flag the black flags of the world yeah the germs and uh discharge they were like no this is this is what we want to lean into and it's also funny because you know he hits it off with pig champion and they have like i i'm i'm a jerry guy through and through because (laughs) All the stuff that, cause, so this is the, the, there's a whole little scenario where they're like, they're trying to like, you know, what, what are you, what are you into? What are you into? And, uh, what, 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 Tom, um, what Tom said, pig, whatever uh, he says, I like menace, the kill Joe is Johnny moped. Uh, and then Jerry's like, well, I like the fall pill, the raincoats. And I'm like, oh yeah, I'm, good, good ass bands. And then pig's response was like, oh my God, that's horrible music. <laughs> how can you? <laughs> Like, how dare you? Those are, those are fucking, come on, come on. But another reason why I fucking love this guy. So he's naming the fall and and pill and all this Finnish hardcore, which I didn't think anybody fucking liked, especially in the States. I mean, I never really heard any overlap. He fucking cites specifically no New York which is one of the greatest compilations ever fucking made. Mm-hmm. Have you ever heard of no, no New York? No, I have not. We've probably talked about it uh, a while back. I for sure have heard you bring it up. Yeah. Maybe even like a few podcasts. Probably. Episodes yeah. ago. It was uh, yeah, Contortions uh, or James Chance and the Contortions. Uh, it was it was all uh, no wave stuff. It was, you know, 
very artsy. It was like punk, but way more experimental artsy. Lydia Lunch was, you know, her thing was in there, which was a Teenage Jesus and the Jerks. That was the the band that she had on there. Um, was a DNA was another band that was on there. Uh, and there's there's a, there's a one more that I'm I'm blanking on, but it's a very fucking cool, very very cool compilation. And and I highly recommend it to pretty much everybody. But interesting thing about that scene and all the, all the no wave stuff because I remember a long time ago a quote from I think, I think it was Imakai. And it was, he said that he went with like a lot of the DC boys up to New York to see all those bands. And he was like, oh, this sucks. Like they were all high as fuck. They were all just as pretentious and assholish as like. They sound. Yeah. Basically, <laughs> he's like, this is not our scene. This is not for us. Yeah. Uh, which I, I get. But like the music was still rad, I think. Sure. Uh, but anyway, everyone uh, likes a little, little pretentious. Stuff. Last thing I'll, I'll know. This is a thing that, that Tom wrote that I, that I, I, another reason I fucking love Jerry. Uh, this is from Tom. He says, uh, Jerry, Tom, our Tom, not Tom. I just realized pig, pig champ. His name is Tom. Mm-hmm. Our Tom. What, okay. Pig is pig. Tom is our guy. Tom says, Jerry, a suggests that Sid vicious was emblematic of punk lacking any real authentic danger. Hell yeah, brother. Uh, Germs and Black Flag and the U.S. Harker movement gave him hope again for a while. This was after Poison Idea started when, according to Jerry, they're more like, more like Pill and Jamie. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, uh, is, is, is perfect as Sid Vicious was as an image guy. Um, it was all just that. The oh, Germs, image. Black Flag lived it. Yeah. yeah. Goddamn. But I've talked so fucking much. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I mean yeah, I, that's a lot of ground. Like we said, they they sounded like Public Image Limited, and then Black Flag changed their lives, and and they got uh yeah, they got uh, they got a rocking. They they went a rocking, and uh, and there's like a lot of really fucking cool quotes in here. Like there's here's one, and, and these are just fascinating stories because this was a, it was a cool little snapshot in music history. I think this whole scene, why I was so obsessed with it. Um. Jerry said in the, the 2021 interview, he says, I remember in the 80s, the first place you'd see people sitting on the stage staring at the crowd was in L.A. and San Francisco. Not a shocker, by the way. Uh, they just had their back to the band and they'd be watching. And I remember seeing that like uh, one of the first times I went down to San Francisco and just going, what the fuck is going on? All these people, what are they expecting? Like a gunfight or something? And I remember when the Misfits played down there and they had that big fight when the guy got his head cracked open. The Misfits were like kicking him in the back. And, you know, saying, get the fuck off the stage. It was disrespectful. The misfits at that time weren't gods like they are now, but it was disrespectful. Almost like he was saying, could you hold it down? I'm trying to sleep. (laughs) Yeah. What a fucking diss to sit on the stage, not even looking at the band. And it's, it's such a dancing thing and, and misfits thing to be like, to crack their heads open like immediately, which is kind of fucked up. But also, I mean, what do you expect from Jersey? Yeah. Maybe because I'm more, more of an introverted person but uh the way like punk rock evolved to like when i started going to shows i felt like there was like energy at punk rock shows where it was less about the band and it was this more about the crowd and people jumping i i never liked it i'm like i paid my money to see a fucking band i don't i don't give a shit like why are you guys trying to grab the fucking microphone and yeah a lot of it was fans that were just hammered uh, i would get into a lot of that stuff but I, w- I could only get into the stage diving and the crowd surfing when i was a big fan mm-hmm. like 
if I didn't like the music, I would feel no compulsion to to even get in the pit. Like I, I this music fucking blows. Why am I going to exert any of my energy here? Let alone risk injury. Yes. Exactly. Like the 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 time that I remember the most of getting so into it and having the best time, like just strip having a innocent good time, was DRI. Nice. Where I was like, you know, I'm just gonna fucking nonstop stage dive until I get hurt. <laughs> Didn't get hurt, but it was. It was, it was fun. That was a, that was a very, very great show. It was a small club too. So you kind of really felt it, um, a lot more. It's been a long time since then. I will never, never fucking do that now. Oh no. Uh, God. hundred percent get hurt on the first try. Get hurt. And also I don't want to touch these fucking people. They're gross and sweaty. <laughs> it's not for me. Uh, but yeah, so that leads us into the first record we're going to be covering in, in total nine records, two EPs, seven albums, first two records are going to be EPs and there's a, there's a lot of seven inches in between and singles, but like the first two EPs are like the ones it was in the middle of the scene. Those were a big deal. And well, I guess we should get into it. You ready? I'm ready. Oh boy. First uh, EP came out in 1983. Last one came, last album came out 2015 and here it is everybody. This is the first release. This is 1983's pick your King. Immediately. Immediately. Oh, Also very clever cover art and back art yep. with Jesus and Elvis. Yep. Pick the king. Pick the king, yeah. Love it. Yeah, we got to listen to the whole song. It's like 40, oh, yeah. 40 seconds long. Yeah. Best personal favorite. God damn it, Mike. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is this is w- not only one of the best hardcore records ever made. Yeah. This is the perfect perfect 12-minute elevator pitch. What's hardcore? This. This. I would honestly like maybe to this day like I didn't think about this until doing this episode. I don't think I would choose any record over this one to give to someone who's who's trying to find out what it is. Like this is exactly what hardcore is and it's done perfectly every song rules it's so short it's it's fucking flawless this is one of the it's it's an absolute classic so my reaction to this was very similar to my reaction to like septic death or the first band that i always come back to was hearing minor threat for the first time yeah. where i'm like i i know i like this but it is is so fast yeah. that like there's no way I can like really have strong feelings about it on a handful of listens. It would yeah, I suppose. I mean it, it is a very niche thing in general to like music this fast and this short. Um I will say on on uh the song the second track though. It's an action. Uh, yeah, the I was surprised how decent the drums sound on this. Dude, it's actually one of the better produced uh, records of the entire, that whole era, because it's mostly drums and bass, really, because mm-hmm. the guitar is there, but it's it's kind of buried, but it, it just feels heavy. The whole thing yeah. feels heavy, but it's not also, it's not like, uh, like where if, if the drums are too boomy with something this fast, it'll just overpower everything and make it into a muddy mess. It doesn't get there. It's mm-hmm. not that it's it's actually pretty balanced. 
And yet, like, compared to, like, anything, like, the germs recorded, like, this sounds like the fucking Beatles. Oh, it's incredible. Yeah, compared to that, obviously. Um, Self-abuse stood out to me because... Self-abuse. Fuck, yes. That was my favorite growing up. Yeah. Yeah. Also, it's kind of, it's, like, the only song with slow parts, and I'm using that loosely. Well, they no, I Hate Reggae has some slow parts. Um, Also, yeah, when I heard that song, I was like, well, we we got to the bottom of... Why Mike hates, hates reggae, reggae and why he even more in common with uh, with Jerry. Dude, I he's my fucking spirit man. I have said that before. That makes no goddamn sense. I, I love I hate reggae and I do hate reggae, but it's it is a good song. It is a good song. It's like it's actually like I thought it was going to be when I remember when I remember when I first heard that. I thought it was going to be like, oh, the jokey. Oh, they're going to play around with reggae. And it, it, but it really is a legitimately good song. Although it is funny because they would go on to cover uh, Jimmy Cliff's. Uh, the harder they come. So that's clearly a joke song. Like the next, uh, yeah. like the next is clearly like a joke. Yeah. Like, uh, I don't believe they, maybe someone hated reggae, but I think, I think it was, it was, I'm sure. I don't know for sure, but if I had to guess, it would be a response to every punk band doing reggae. That makes yeah. sense too. And especially with, it was very, very tiresome. It was pretty bad. And then, also, they, they have a history of doing things to, like, piss people off. Like, here is what we think of what you th- you like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they, well, we'll get into it more later. But uh, every fucking song here. There, so many of these just resonate from my my teen years. But most of them have still stuck with me a lot. Obviously, Self-Abuse was one of my favorites. It's still one of the it, total fucking highlight. Incredible main riff. Just so well-written. Weirdly well-written. Uh, it's an action. This thing called Progress. It, I've, I I think it's the only song I remember them playing live. Yeah, like that's one just really sticks in, sticks with me for some reason. Underage is under a minute and has two completely distinct songs in one. <laughs> Fucking pure hate, which is the longest. catchiest, happiest thing on here. Also the longest at an, a minute forty one seconds. Yeah. Oh, also I guess I guess that's like if you want to. Uh, use the term like that's like the big song off this one i guess right yeah i i guess so uh i, I believe so I'm, i mean it has to be one of the popular ones i don't, I don't really rub with fans so much but i imagine it would be it's mm-hmm. it's super fucking fun it is easily the most fun song on the on the whole ep uh and then there's the stuff in between that is mostly inconsequential but doesn't hurt stuff like cult band where it's like it's kind of kooky it's more light but it's so fast and it, it's so strange it, and it's over immediately and it has a really cool section where it's just drums and jerry screaming it, and it's they cram it all into less than a minute it's it's fucking so cool uh what was it the i mean because it's not a whole lot to dissect here because it's just lightning speed I and mean, yeah you're pretty much <laughs> but but the, the last thing the actual to actually talk about is this the closer because it's the most brutal track there i would think that yeah yeah and it's more mid-paced it's, it's the heaviest thing here it's not it's hardcore but it's not the same type of hardcore as the rest of it um so it does feel like a closer um it's not like a, an epic closer they don't it's not their best closer but it does feel like they they kind of bookended each thing nicely yeah i think um Think fast and uh, self abuse were like my two two favorite songs. Self abuse is really hard to go wrong. I mean, goddamn, it's it's fifty four seconds and it's so fucking good. God yeah, damn. yeah, this is a is the perfect hardcore record. Yeah, this is this is why I love the genre. Like even like I didn't think I would still love it this much after because I haven't heard this in years. And then I just press play in the car. Was I was, this I was the only one you. 
This was this is the one that I yeah. yeah I played on repeat. I had some other stuff, but I didn't play it religiously like this one. And mm-hmm. I, I still remember when I when I bought this, and it was a bit disappointing because I was whatever age I was, early teens, probably fourteen or something, and. I, I think I had, I was working with my mom. I think it was like her job and I was also working the same, the same gig. It was like sitting at a, like a, it was a shitty, like at a, at a county fair home show type thing. You're sitting in like this giant air conditioned building and, and trying to sell some stupid product or whatever. And I didn't do it. I just kind of sat there and, uh, I, I'd gone, I'd bought this album on the way, on the way to there. And I thought, okay. I'm going to be bored as fuck. I'll, I'll buy this album. I'll listen to it when I'm there. It'll be easier. And then I listened to it and I was like, it has been 12 minutes and it's now over. How many times can I listen to this fucking album within eight hours? <laughs> Holy <laughs> shit. Turns out a lot. But it was like, oh, fuck. I mean, it's really good. I'm glad it's really good, but it's so goddamn short. Uh, so that's my first memory of this thing. But yeah, you, I mean, if passing interest in hardcore punk, this is the one. I and mean, there's so many great hardcore albums and, and EPs. But I don't know. There's this is just so ex, it's so exemplary. It's so uh, indicative of what it, what is a perfect example of it. I think uh, you can't go wrong. Nice. Best personal favorite for me. But we got plenty, plenty, plenty more to go. So this is the follow up. This came out 1984. This is record. I love this. this is my favorite title of all their records. Uh, record collectors are pretentious assholes. Now this production I don't quite love as much. It's very reverby. Kind of is, yeah. Yeah. It doesn't feel as fat and impactful as the debut. It's still a cool opener, though. It's uh, definitely more than, like, sink your teeth into... It's more like standard hardcore. Yeah. Where the first uh, the first EP was, like, it was just a lot. This is... They play the riff a few times before they move on. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and, like, each song is... Like, no song goes below a minute here, whereas most of them did in the last one. And uh, there's a couple of different ways to listen to this EP. Um, most do original track listing. Yeah, I went with the original track. Well, here's the thing, because uh, they did reissue it with a different track listing, but that's not the version you're going to get streaming. Uh, mm. Streaming, it's coupled with Pick Your King, as well as like uh, some live stuff in between. And what, what that version is, it's the original EP. And then they tack on at the very end all the stuff they added for the reissue, which is uh, the I Got a Right cover from the Stooges. Uh, was it? Where is it? Time to go. Uh, not the time to go. What am I talking about? Um, Diner Knees. Um, and Tip- the, which one? Typical. Tip- yeah. Typical Diner Knees. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, laughing Boy. Typical Diner Knees. I Got a Right. Uh, thanks. And those are those are all cool. Um, but the original EP is, is only 13 minutes long. It's a. Uh, the first, you know, it's just eight tracks. Uh, and I don't know. What do you think? Uh, I I think I liked this one more just because I had more to, like I said, like digest. Mm-hmm. 
Um, I think legalized freedom fucking slaps. It's uh, cool. So good. Um, kind of taken aback by a song like Thorn in My Side. Oh, yeah. Where I'm like, those basslines are kind of creepy, and that's not Very cool. Yeah. yeah, that's not like something I say about punk songs. It's a it, yeah, they do they do dive with some weird, ugly shit. That's a very cool, strange baseline. It's kind of driven by that, and then it, it, it alternates between between you know fast sections. A lot of it, it's a slow, fast, slow mm-hmm. stuff on here. Uh, rubber husband, you kind of have some like waltzy sections a little little bit. Yeah, like so that's that's an example of what I feel about a lot of this EP, where I think the the riffs have taken a hit. Like, I don't think they're nearly as interesting or memorable, but the sections and the, the, the arrangements have got way crazier. Yeah. They're doing all, they're throwing a bunch of stuff like that. Rubber Husband has some insane sections in there that, that make the song really, really, really cool. It is really like jarring to like hear that song, like right after the uh, previous Pick Your King. Oh yeah. Too. Like, holy shit. They, 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 the they same did, band. Yeah. The, and it's. It's like the the songs are longer and the 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 riffs may be more predictable, but the songs are less predictable mm-hmm. overall. Because yeah. like before, there was <laughs> forty seconds. They were verse, chorus, verse. We're done. Yeah. And then this is like it's not it's not like overwhelming. It's not like mathy where there's like a million you know riff salad stuff. But there is a lot more, and I think I think it's far more interesting. Um, I, I know it's a bonus track, but, uh, typical, I can like, I can hear why eventually they would dabble in thrash metal. Very vaguely dabble, but they like hints in here and there. Yeah. And, and typical is, uh, they re-record it in a later album, mm-hmm. but I like this version a lot more. Yeah. I think this one works a little better. For yeah, me for sure. And this is, this is the version that I, that I had growing up. I remember the song as a kid. Um, I don't, I mean, I, I still have the CD where, where it's on there. It was what I bought was original. Originally it was a compilation called the early years. Um, I don't remember what was on it, but uh, I remember being like unsatisfied with it because I knew it was just a, a comp of all mm-hmm. a bunch of stuff. And I needed something more concrete and more like, this was the album that came out this year, but <clears throat> that song was on there. Uh, last two cents on this album is like everything's so fast and brutal so far. I was surprised to hear Die on Your Knees. Like, that's like the first one where it's like, oh, it kind of feels like we want like the crowd to sing along and be this like punk anthem. It's also the longest, longest yeah. track. It's almost 245, almost three minutes. Get you get well, outside of the Stooges, yeah. Oh, and the, the Stooges, go, yeah. yeah it's, but it doesn't go. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't, yeah, it doesn't go. Uh, yeah, they, they, there are moments where they get really uh, anthemic and they they have like some sing along stuff, but it's very rare, very rare, very yeah. rare. And like we're just kind of glossing over Jerry's vocals because he is just a screamer. But I really like his scream, and he he does change, and he does sound pretty fucking cool and rabid a lot of the time. Like he never sounds bad. He has his like his mode, but on don't like it here. It's like extra filthy. He's great. Yeah, I, I really do love his his voice more than most hardcore singers. Even at the to the very end, the very last album, like I still love his voice. Like nice. he never sounds bad. Uh, and then everything else is fucking chaotic. But it's more it's easier to follow. I don't think the riffs are as strong, but the songs are are crazier and actually 
far better constructed, I think. And uh, there's more to, to chew on. Mm-hmm. But we move on to the first actual album. Oh, boy. You ready? I'm ready. Hell yeah. This is 1986's Kings of Punk. So we're, we're extra quiet on this round because Alex's phone exploded in the middle of playing it the first time. I, <laughs> I don't even remember what we were talking about. We were talking about how this song's three minutes. Yes. Uh, pretty standard punk beat. Yeah. Real fucking fast. Very fast, very fast. Uh, it is a very fucking cool song, and it does ha- go through some changes that we're not going to get to, but it goes through... It, the changes in this in this song are indicative of where they have evolved into at this point. Across the board for the whole album. I think it's a, it's a fucking great opener. Yes, it does a great job of setting the tempo. Also, I think maybe hearing this after like a 50-second song would feel weird. So I think putting it right up front. Yeah. Yeah. And again, it sets the stage for what we have now. This. And then, yeah, hearing them, like, the guitar tone is just like, yeah, I don't know. I wasn't ready for it. Yeah. It sounds great. Very. Dude, does Jerry not sound like a fucking Henry Rollins unhinged? I was, you could hear the black flag right there. Like, he could have been a singer for, yeah, for them. All right. So this this song goes through a bunch of changes, um, and it's fucking rad. Yeah, solid evolution here. Uh, let's see. Um, 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 what, what's going on? Uh, so this is a little, a little quote from Jerry. Um, also a random album for Southern Lord to reissue. Yeah, which is pretty cool. Because, yeah, usually they're about the metal, but... These guys are highly influential yeah. and like to metal bands too, which is, and you could hear it, especially as it goes on. Uh, but Jerry says, I had to re-listen to it because they gave it they gave it to me to write the liner notes and I really honestly haven't listened to it since it came out. Cause you know, this is yeah. on the reissue here to write liner notes. So, uh, Cause I originally listened to it and I was like, yeah, it's all right. I thought we just kept doing better records as they came out, but you go back and listen to this first shit and it stands up to stuff that's still out today. <laughs> like, all right, all right, all right. So, yeah. So, I mean, it does hold up. It's very cool. Uh, I never heard this, this album before. So I kind of feel silly about, cause this is uh, I think is one of their best ones. Uh, I don't think it's perfect, but goddamn, there's a lot of really awesome stuff on here. Yeah. Um, ugly American. Yeah. Good. Very galloping riff. Um, yeah. I. Uh, it's long. I, I don't love it. I don't love it. I, I like I, I like the chorus a lot, but I don't know if it's enough to save it for me because there's a lot of really cool galloping sections like other places too. Because uh, even though even though that though, every song does do something pretty different. Yeah. Uh, like because of ugly American actually likes uh, subtract more. Um, is it subtract? Is that what it's called? Yeah, subtract. Yeah, the one um, right after. Yeah, yeah. Because I don't think I would like the song so much, but following Ugly American it just feels right. I think that, that and I think it's a uh, indicative of most of the album, where it's just paced pretty pretty well. Um, what the fuck else? Cop and attitude. Uh, there's one point in there that I queued up. Like I love how angry cop and attitude sounds around 
right around here. Like, oh, the bass and the bass is, and the and the drums and the screaming. He's losing it. Yeah. Goddamn. These, yeah, just fucking lunatics. I, I love a section like that. That is, the, I think it's the best part of the, the song. I don't love the song so much because I find the, a lot of the other rest to be pretty generic, but that, that section rules. Mm-hmm. Does um, kind of save it a bit. Uh, what the hell is, so there is moments on here that I thought they were going to lean into more as the, the albums went on that they, they didn't really. And I, I'm disappointed they didn't because I think like the intro to Made to Be Broken is the poppiest thing they've done to this point. It's and and the it's also, like happy I, and up. Go ahead. I also wrote that. You read it. You copying my notes? I'm copying you your notes. I didn't. Notes. I actually didn't listen to any <laughs> fucking album, dude. I lied. I don't even know who this band is. No, it's insanely poppy. Yeah, and, and it's almost like a '70s punk kind of way. Mm-hmm. And then and then of course, as usual, it just goes high speed before you know hopping back back and forth between the two. But I did it a lot, and I think it's I think it's one of the fucking best songs. And what else? Uh, there's a lot of the other one uh, that, that comes to mind is one by one where it's just like they're throwing in these really melodic sections. It's not like super duper musical, but it's extremely melodic for hardcore punk standards. Oh, yeah. Like it's almost like spoken word stuff. Yeah, it's uh, I, I love it. And I, I do like the high speed speed parts as well. And I mean, overall, I think side B is where the, the best songs are. Uh, side B is where it's at for you. Yeah, because. I mean, it's not that the side A is, is, is bad, but it's just I find it to be a, more of like the same, more just it's hardcore, but it, they're just sort of barely dipping their toe into to mm-hmm. more stuff. Um, aside from from Lifestyles, the opener, which is pretty, pretty, pretty great. But yeah, like Tormented Imp is fucking heavy and driving. It's like the most metal thing on here. Also metal name. Exactly. Yeah. And it, it's it sure it has more you know, late Black Flag vibes, but it feels so different from every other song on the album. Uh, that it sticks out a lot. And then the the closer fucking out, out of the picture is insanely metal by hardcore punk standards. And I think it's awesome. I love those riffs. Uh, and then a lot. And again, one of the things that, that I thought they were going to lean into later that they barely did, uh, they do on that song is a lot of this uh, guitar and bass playing the same arpeggios with each other. And it just, it fucking feels so damn good. Um, of course, I don't have time stamps because I'm a fucking failure. <laughs> but there's a lot of parts where they were. It's like just arpeggio. It's just this little lead, and both Pig and who's in the band at this point, Chris. Chris Tense was, was the bass player at this point, where they're both playing the same thing, and it fucking feels so. It's just so full and satisfying. Um, I think it's one of the best songs, and I think I honestly think it's their best closer. There it is. Yeah, Man. this is probably one of their their better ones. Yeah, but uh. Because I am I am new to this, I think it'll probably take me a little while to revisit this one. I think I think I will revisit this one pretty pretty soon. I'm not soon, but like you know, if I you got the I, I need to so I need you got time. the hardcore background. Uh, yeah, yeah. This is this is honestly, if, if it wasn't Picker King, this would be best. Like oh if shit, pi- if Picker King wasn't perfect <laughs> in my brain, it would be this one. I think it's fucking great. <laughs> Uh, but we got plenty more. So, are you ready? Uh, no, because I'm like, what? What album are we on? This, now I am. Now here we go. Here we go. This is following year. This is 1987's War All the Time.
this is like feels way more heavy metal than it is. Yes, this song especially. Well, that intro especially. Yeah, then it it gets very hardcore. Yeah. You can already tell, I'm sure, that they have a new drummer because this guy is much better. I think he's like one of the more tenured drummers with them, right? Yeah, he's been in the most albums, I believe. Yeah, Steve Hanford. Steve, the Slayer hippie Hanford. This is, a, this is a cool song. I wonder if we're going to get to the biggest change. Here we go. <laughs> oh, we've had like three, three little genre changes. I know. And these military drums are pretty badass. Super gallopy. All right, but we're going to get to it, but... But the big the big shift is now they're double pedaling. They got some yeah. double and that song specifically a little bit later they start double pedaling. And uh sounds it sounds good. These uh, new line go ahead, go ahead. Also, I I might catch some flack for this. I I don't know how fans view these albums. Oh. I, I know my friend John likes this album, oh. but this is my worst least favorite. Really? This I, one? I didn't mind this one so much. I, had, I I do like it. I didn't I didn't love it, but I think it's pretty cool. It's I, all right. I think for what they do, I really don't think they have a a bad album. I think they have a bad album. I think they have two bad albums, and we're not there. Interesting. Yet. Yeah. yeah. I, but this one, I had fatigue. It stuck out to me the least. I just like I like the opening, and I like the closer, and there's a crazy song with some old-timey piano oh uh, ritual yeah. chicken which dude, I'm, I'm for dude fuck yes and it's for a that yeah. complete novelty song it's just old-time piano and then it's it's over but everything else is just so like i'm i'm just lost yeah it's a it's definitely moving forward but not in the way i was hoping so what mm-hmm. what i what i got from this album and it's a thing that i don't like first of all i think the pacing is dog shit uh <laughs> and, and it's it's like all the things that, that that Kings of Punk was dabbling in, like the, the arpeggio stuff, the melodic stuff, the poppiness, where it, it felt like they were heading in the direction, like they were going to like build, like meld these things together. It just turned into we're doing a bunch of hardcore songs, a couple weird things by themselves, back to hardcore, and it feels super segregated. And it yeah. doesn't feel like they really ingrained anything. It just feels like they just stuck to what they knew. And it, maybe it's because well, they also added uh, Vegetable. It's yeah, Eric Olson, they call him Vegetable, on second guitar, yeah. and they got a new drummer. So I'm assuming maybe that was like they're not going to be the most. Uh, the chemistry was off now. Sure, maybe not chemistry, but like now still building. Yeah, exactly. They're working with new people. They're probably not. They're not picking up where the last one left off. They're starting again. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think this is um, the last album that Vegetable is going to be on until the very last one. Mm-hmm. So he's only here for like one and done, I think. But what, what, what am I saying? Uh, they cover Motorhead song. They cover the they cover the song. The where, song Motorhead. What yeah. I think is so pointless because they, they, just, they don't do anything to it. It's just it's just, it's just the there. song. It's not as good as the original. It's a straight cover. Um, I think it's pretty much a kind of negligible. Um, Push the button. Very 
I'm very black flag to me. But I do like it. It's, it's so it's interesting. Good. It's yeah. odd. It's slow and ugly. It's not the most amazing thing ever, but I really appreciate it. Uh, but I do get I I do get not liking this one. This is this is the uh, the album they they officially released typical on. Yeah, and it's full of double pedals, full of it. Yeah, which I think is interesting because, like on paper, I'm like double pedal version is going to be better. No, I like the I like the other version better. Yeah, the version is better. It's still a good song, but yeah. um, a song like nothing is final. I'm just like, oh man, uh, yeah. I just feels like it was dragging on my soul. Yeah, that's that's when I was starting to question. Like, do I like are these good hardcore songs or am I just bored or these, or these bad hardcore songs or am i just bored yeah uh, that one's not that great it's not yeah um and then what, what is it fucking hot time where it starts out so fucking cool and then immediately goes to the most generic punk riff ever yep. and then at, at three minutes it, it it doesn't do anything within that that whole time it's just there yeah and the, the last thing i'll mention is murder murderer which i i don't like uh, either uh and like that's the thing is like it's there's some strong tracks on here, but ultimately a letdown from the direction I thought they were gonna go, and and like it, it feels like a step backwards. Mm-hmm. Um, it's well, I'm not totally crazy. Then. No, <laughs> I I didn't hate it, but I was like, all right, this is not. I'm but not then gonna, obviously, if you got this. two that you don't like, don't like. I don't yeah. like. Yeah, that's sure. that's kind of insane to me. Really? Like, yeah, I don't love this, but like I said, I think. I guess they have different phases, but I always feel like the music is genuine. Oh, so 100% genuine. Yeah, that's yeah. why I'm like, I don't really feel like they have a bad album. They don't really have terrible, even the one I gave worse to isn't really a bad album. It's just one that mm-hmm. bores me the most and I think has like the oddest choices. And uh, it's, it's the thing with like, when you're really, really into a, a genre, a subgenre, you you can kind of again like I, the way i can't explain to you what a bad hardcore song is i just feel it <laughs> yeah like if you're if you're just kind of like lukewarm it's like yeah, it's i don't see what's wrong with this it's yeah just, it's kind of like it's not it's not unlike the other one it's still it's still fine where i'm like no dude this one blows <laughs> like i can't i don't know how but i just i just don't like it uh so a lot of the other is here it's, it just feels it's getting more and more generically like, i i've heard these songs before by a million other punk bands like sure. I, I know where these are going and Whereas like pick your king, no one had songs like something like that. Like maybe yeah. in the same intensity, in the same speed or whatever, in the same vibe. But the actual riffs, those were their riffs. Those were poison idea riffs. Those were no one else's. Should have done an album full of ritual chicken. That would actually be spectacular. And it would have. Uh, well, they would be just as homeless if they did that. Right. Be in the same <laughs> spot. Uh, but Alex is uh, worst and least favorite. We got. Still a whole bunch more to go and a it's whole bunch more to talk about. Insane. <laughs> what? It's fucking insane. I thought the, we were. There's so many. There's so many. So many. Uh, <laughs> but now, no. Before we before we move on, there's a very fascinating thing that happened oh, around this time period that I that I have to talk about because it's, it's it's so fucking funny and interesting. Uh, so around this time, the there was a compilation that they put out called called Get Loaded and Fuck. And it was uh, so. This is from Tom. 
our boy. He says in 1988, the band released a cassette compilation, Get Loaded and Fuck. A year later, they renamed the record to Ian Mackay and released it with a picture of a spread anus. Who did it better? Poison Idea or Typo Negative? Check out that episode, by the way. He says, obviously, it was Mackay's anus. Uh, he was not pleased about the name check. So this is this is a quote from, from Ian. Uh from an interview from our boy Mark Prindle, which we uh, we gushed about in our Jesus Lizard episode, uh, Mark Prindle's old uh, record reviewing website, which is still around, and uh, I mean he hasn't touched it in, in over ten years, but it's still fucking uh, a very it's fun there read. For archival yeah. purposes, yeah, and it's still great. So this is a. Uh, what Ian said when he was asked about it, he says, uh, uh, I don't know those guys. I, I never met those guys or I had not met them at the time. The guy that was distributing it uh, contacted me and said, we just wanted to let you know that we weren't going to hide this from you. We did this and we're not trying to hurt your feelings. It's really aimed at the people who think you're a god. I just thought this is so ridiculous, but it does actually make me feel bad because it's just a, such a pointless exercise. Furthermore, they did not understand, and I think that people who often do this sort of tactic, like, well, it's not really about you, it's about the people who worship you, this sort of thing, what they don't understand is that by assailing me, by throwing stones at me or my name, if they don't think that they are injuring me, then they must think I'm impervious. They must think I'm a god. So in fact, they are reinforcing the notion that I am not a human being because they are taking shots at me and expecting me not to fall. Yeah. Oh, oh boy. How fucking poignant and that is spot on is that? The most uh, Ian quote I have ever heard by him. I fucking love that guy so much. Yeah. He's just, yeah. I could like, when you were reading it, I could like hear his voice. Yep, yep. Saying it in my head. With his speech impediment and all that. Goddamn. He's the best. He's the fucking best. Anyway, now we're on to uh, a very influential album. This is like the album that, that mm -hmm. everyone loves or something. Uh, this is 1990s. Feel the darkness. What's what the fuck is going on? What's all this? What's all this then? I had to do a double check to make sure it was like yeah, the right. Because sometimes there's bands with similar names and they get lumped together on yep. the streaming services. Sure do. And I had to do like a double. This can't be the same poison idea, can it? Oh, it can. Now, keep the, this riff in your brain. Okay. Because it is a no-for-note no rip of I Hate You by Verbal Abuse. <laughs> it is just I Hate You, but faster. Even Jerry's is a different guy. Yeah. Sounds more... Not subdued, but... Yeah. And then that's so jarring to hear those big... Yep. Punk rock. Whoa. I wasn't yeah. expecting the woes. There we go. Also, this album cover, I thought it was Alice Cooper. I thought it was Alice Cooper, too. It's but it, even better. Tiny Tim. Tiny Tim. All right. Yeah, it's it was taken from the back cover of his first album, and they just added a gun. To also, I'll be fucking lame because this is all new to me. Uh, yeah, best personal favorite. I think it's I don't get it, dude. <laughs> I think it's a good entry. I think it's a good entry point okay. for most people. Not 
not crazy people like you and Jerry. Uh, all right, and all right. For, uh. for most people, I after listening to everything, because I, I was like, dude, what do I want to give these accolades to? And I'm just like, I get it. Like, this is uh, an easy listen. It is. There's variety here. There is. Uh, in ways, I could see how someone who loves Pick Your King is just totally turned off by this. I'm not totally turned off by it. I just think the writing is taking such a fucking massive hit because I, I don't hate these types of songs at all. I don't. I, don't even, I think it's a good album. I just don't understand why this is the one. Like I don't see why it's it's special. And I think other albums are far more interesting. But like the, the opener, for example, like it's. It, Take, t- is take away the fact that it's just I Hate You by Verbal Abuse. <laughs> like, note for note, the exact same riff. Yeah. It's not a good riff, <laughs> like I, I, in my opinion. Because even the song I Hate You by Verbal Abuse, I don't think that's a good song. I love this song because of the lyrics, and it's grown on me over, over years. Mm-hmm. So I like it just because of that. So hearing that riff that I didn't even like when I first heard it from them, played by someone else in just a different way, like, what the fuck? I don't love it. This... So before this is like hardcore, hardcore stuff before this album. After this is real interesting. So in my head and why I think people are kind of attracted to it is it's just like this. The like core of the band's existence, I feel like. It is pretty uh, authentic. It's very ferocious. And a lot of it is very fucking cool. Um. I don't have like the any peaks on here where I'm like I love this, but there there's some stuff that I was really glad and, and relieved to hear like uh, gone for good. I was gonna say it's funny how I was getting fatigue and then gone for good like dips their toes back into like that like pure hardcore yep. stuff and it was an oddly like welcoming feeling because it's because it's just a better song that's that, that, that's what kept me refreshed going back to what you say i don't know what i i don't know exactly. how to describe it but i know that's it you hear enough songs in a row where like i'm getting bored of this maybe i just don't like these types of songs and then you hear one that's good like oh those were just bad mm-hmm. and you, you again you can't tell the difference until you hear one that's really fucking good that one's great and i love it extra because that's the type of shit from kings of punk that i wanted more of that that arpeggiated shit where, where mm-hmm. it's more it, more melody. It's, it's still hardcore as fuck, but it'll, more melody, and it's done really well. And then this has also the only song I've heard of them by way of a cover. Uh, Pantera covered the badge for the fucking crow soundtrack. I didn't know. I didn't know that was the context. I knew they, they knew they covered them. Yeah, and like I haven't heard that Pantera song in so long. But I guess they covered it in such a way, like when the badge started, I was like, I know this song from somewhere. Yeah. And I, I thought sometimes you go on the wikis and they'll say, oh, so-and-so has covered this. That was not on the wiki. So I had to like dig, dig deep. Yeah. Not super deep. This is put it in the Google machine. Boom. Pantera. The badge came up. First of all, that song is fucking great. Super, yeah. super heavy. Um, and in certain, in certain areas, there's really solid bass lines. And that's... Uh, We'll talk more about like the, the lineup of this one in a second. But uh, speaking of covers, in 2018, old Metallica cover taken by surprise. Holy Which shit. is wild. I guess it's not that wild. Like, when you think about like the garage, like the bands they picked for Garage Inc. The best bands they picked for Garage Inc. Or the, yeah. The, 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 well, I get, 
I suppose. But it's I'm, like I'm all over of, the place. I'm thinking of yeah. Disc 2, which was all released earlier. The, all those were released in like yeah. the early 90s or late 80s, rather. Uh, but taken by surprise, it has a lot of fun moments and it has some cool guitar work, but it feels so much like 90s punk and it's like really poppy and it has the walking bass lines. It's just not my bag. Mm-hmm. I, I, on first listen, I was like, oh, people like this one. This is a song people like. And sure enough, Metallica fucking liked it. There you go. Yeah. I, I was... So I love the intro for Plastic Bomb. Um, just because it's so out of left field. Um, yeah. The th- things I really like on here are uh, Death of an Idiot Blues. Oh, dude. One of Jerry's best and funniest slobbering performances. I, I love him on that song. It's his performance. It's you get the best of like punk and thrash on there. Yeah, that, that might be my favorite song on the album. And it's it's fr- it, it frustrates me because there's this one section that, that it recurs repeatedly throughout the song. It's part of a giant riff, a giant long riff. Mm-hmm. And it's so fucking good. And they don't, they play it like two bars and then they move on to another part of the riff. And I was craving that. It's like, it's you like a, more. it's a palm muted double picking riff. It's very, it's very thrash sounding, but it's such a fucking well-written riff that I'm just craving a whole song of that. And it moves on immediately, but it's still, it's such a fucking great song. Uh, ah, goddamn! I'm, I'm thinking about the riff right now. I love it so much. But yeah, I think for me, I think the back half of this album is is the most interesting. Um, Alan's on fire is just like, again, this band. Once in a while, you'll get these weird, interesting bass riffs where you're like, should that be in a punk band? Oh, you got yourself a timestamp. I do have my. If it wants to fucking. Mm-mm-mm. And here we go. Here we go. Oh, yeah. That's an RPG power cord. It's just not something I can point to in a lot of punk songs. Yeah. And maybe, maybe it had, but for whatever reason, the way this is produced, like that. It's that, produced really well. You can really hear the, the fucking bass parts. It really it really sticks out to me, and it's not like a guitar solo or anything, no, but no. it is a cool touch on that song. It, it opens it up. It opens it up. And it's a, it's a simple arpeggio. It's just a power chord, but it's fucking... It, it, it opens it up. Um, yeah, there's, there's something about that song that I like. I couldn't... I don't even know why I like it, because I didn't, I didn't feel it was much more interesting than the rest. It just stuck, mm-hmm. with, me, just stuck with me for some reason. Um, I, fuck, I love how heavy Nation of Finks is. Uh, I think that was when I was getting fatigued. That was you got fatigue on that one. Yeah, I mean, I do love the drumming there. The the double pedaling sounds fucking fantastic on that song. Uh, but I I wasn't too too wild by any of the riffs. And then yeah, the fucking the title track is oh yeah cool to me. They do like military marching. I don't want to call them riffs, but you know you get the idea, dude. That uh. That fucking song is it's the the lengthiest song ever. It's six minutes. Mm-hmm. It's unlike anything they've done basically before or since. It's really ugly. Like you said, the fucking military is military drums in there. It's maybe not they've they've actually sounded more military than that song, but that's still a pretty military sounding song. Jerry on there is almost channeling some fucking Mike Patton esque barks and spoken word stuff. Yeah, it's real low like it's fucking it's it's not pleasant, but it's one of their most interesting songs easily. 
It's not pleasant, but this is not a fucking pleasant band. Not so. a pleasant band, but it is a very fucking cool band. It is a very cool album. Like, I do like the album. I just didn't. I don't. I just don't see why it's like the one. So yeah, I would. Yeah, for newbies, and if you're not like a purist, I I totally get starting here. It it made sense to me after listening to every mm-hmm. everything. I was like, okay, yeah, this is. This is the one I could like ease most easily this like throwback on. It also it's also the most welcoming for anybody in the metal. Uh, I think that, you know, yeah, I'm the, this more aligned with metal. So and those they these dabble with other hard rock and metal stuff later on. But this is the most like fluid and like, executed nat- the best. Exactly. It's the most natural sounding. There is another album that I can't wait to talk to about but yeah oh i'm sure i'm sure what i i mean i have an idea no you know what it is i don't know that i know what it is but i believe i know what it is and i think i know what it is yeah (laughs) but so this is the the beginning of another lineup and i believe this is another very short-lived lineup so uh like i said uh what's his name vestible was gone immediately they replaced him with uh adeline how do you say that i'm not even gonna try uh hold on Stress, stressing, stress nine, stress nine, strike nine. No shit. I feel like Adeline uh, strike, Adeline strike nine. There we go. It's a fake name. That <laughs> makes more sense. Yeah, Adeline strike nine. Uh, is that a, is that a girl? <laughs> Who knows? Adeline. Who knows? That sounds like a girl name. I feel like that name could go both. But especially since it's clearly a fake name. Yeah. This person, I think, is only on this album. Okay. And uh, then they got uh, Myrtle Tickner on bass. Whatever the hell their real name is, uh, and they still got yeah, it's still uh, Steve and uh, Stephen Pig and uh, and Jerry. But now we are on to the oh. follow up. Yep, and uh, we got another lineup change for this album as well. So here we go. This is 1992's Blank Blackout Vacant. This is some guitar hero shit. Crazy. And like those, are those like timpani talk? It sounds like yeah. kettle drums or something. Yeah. Also, I love the artwork they have on uh, Wikipedia for this. It's, oh, yeah. It's, yeah. Uh, just, it's, I don't, it's I just like, yeah. Comic book type art on albums. I think it's cool. So. It's also the wrong cover. Oh, that's, it's the that's, wrong. That's the cover. Oh, that is the quick. Okay, so never mind. You're seeing on YouTube if you're watching the video. The the, the real cover is just the the font. Yeah. But the the version on Wikipedia for some reason is the cover of the Punish Me single. Okay. Which is, it's a it's a a very masculine car, uh, a woman in a bikini, leg locking a man. It's a, it's a comic book drawing rendition, whatever. It's very funny. That makes more sense. Yeah. That's. So, aside from that intro, this is a straightforward-ass hardcore song. I would agree with that. I don't think it's a bad song at all, but um, it's uh, not anything like super special or anything. Yeah, I almost, I almost gave. I this is the one I don't second least like. I like. How do you say that? Um, uh, also, don't like runner-up worst. Runner-up worse for me personally. Yeah. I don't love this one. I don't. I think it's actually one of their weakest. I, it's not in my bottom two though. Yeah, um, it's in my bottom two. Um, yeah. Also, just like 
the previous album so diverse and then yeah it's a bit it's a, it's a letdown for this, sure this one feels like they're kind of just resting on their loins i didn't a lot of hardcore on here a lot of just regular hardcore on here whereas we were getting some thrashy stuff maybe not full thrash but we're getting some some different shit yeah and then you got a song like forever and always which oh my god i don't i don't know what it is it's Oh, they're kind of dabbling yeah. in like old time rock and roll. But it's, it's hard it, rock. It's, it's bar hard it, rock. Yeah, it's still poison idea, but it's yeah. And here's the thing: it's it's straight up hard rock. I don't love the song, and I don't think it's actually that bad of a song. I don't think it's amazing, but I do appreciate the diversity and the fact that I didn't see that coming. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it could, and I think it could be a lot worse. And I think it does get a lot worse when they dab with hard rock. Yeah, I, I think that's actually almost best case scenario for them fucking with hard rock is that song yeah best song on here is crippled angel because it's fucking weird that one really i like the fucking piano on that song it has great look, look, the the in the outro those synths are fucking awesome and that did thing, it for me i i wish they would do it more i wish they i had agree it. and it was disappointing that they didn't have it more but goddamn that chorus riff is so bland yeah bland Oh my god! <laughs> I guess because I this wasn't thrilled with like like smack attack. Also, it's just like ugh, just kind of generic. And then so by the time I got to Cripple Angel, I'm like, there's actually some like weird, interesting things on here. I'll I'll take. Um, now yeah, smack attack is pretty. It's definitely something we've heard before. Generic, it's not bad, but it's yeah. yeah. There's nothing unique about any of those riffs. Um. And the same with Ice Picks at Dong, which is more average hardcore, but it has like they do this periodically where they'll they'll put they'll throw in samples of like dialogue taken from I'm assuming TV shows and movies, and that stuff is honestly the most interesting part of that song. Uh, yeah, I d- don't care for that one much either. But the yeah, the other interesting thing on here to me isn't even like a proper song is Amy's theme. Oh like, yeah, 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 oh hell yeah! I mean, the fucking Mother of Invention, like dude, yeah, it's insane. It's straight up Zappa shit. Yeah, it sounds like children playing on children's instruments the, and, the very it works in like this weird creepy way in a weird novel way the, the beginning of it is the shit you hear at disneyland for sure the begin and then it turns into like mother's then it digresses stuff. yeah uh and then uh the last thing i really i, I actually do kind of like is drain which is uh it's not really like uh it's not really anything amazing, but it's it's really fun. It has these bright guitar melodies in it, and I think I only enjoy it because they do it so infrequently, where they mm-hmm. go poppy. Like if they if the whole album was poppy, I would fucking hate it. But throw one in here and there, yeah. It's it, I think they actually do that pretty well, um, and, I, and I also don't mind punish me so much. Uh, it's it's basically a more aggressive seventies punk kind of song. I give it a slight thumbs up for the this the cover art on the single. It's uh, pretty yeah. It's pretty pretty cool. <laughs> Um, and then our old friends, the New York Dolls, and just cause I look, this version doesn't really do anything different, but I like Poison Idea shtick more than I like the New York Dolls shtick. Yeah. So I like this version of a Vietnamese baby. They cover Vietnamese baby. It's the closer for some reason. Also, he still pronounces it weird. Vietnamese baby. So. <laughs> He took my favorite part of the song, yep, made, and then did the the dirty poison idea. I'm like, great cover song it's, just for that. It's fine. I still, st- yeah. He kept the best part of it. He did keep the best part of it. And, and if you haven't heard our New York Dolls episode, you shouldn't watch it. We fucking hate them. But 
and and still, it's not going to sway me. I still don't like the song. No, it's not going to sway you. But, but just having that history, at least it's funny. Dolls. At least yeah. it's still funny. At least it's still fucking. Funny. Also, if you guys have never heard that song and you like people pronouncing things weird, it's it's a good, it's yeah. a fun time. I mean, a lot of New York Doll stuff is very funny just because of David Johansson. Uh, but Vietnamese Baby is the top. It is top. I have. I don't even think I've ever heard anyone pronounce it because it's wrong. It's wrong. It's so insanely wrong. It's not even like a a, a caramel caramel. Thing. No, Nammies. 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 <laughs> Uh, yeah, I like this album a lot more on first listen on than on second. Like second listen, I was like, all right, this is uh, it's not really because the the parts that are leaning more into the the harder act, which we didn't even talk about. Your next is where it goes south. Like mm. where I like forever and always. I like I I didn't mind how they did that. Did there? Your next is where it's like oh, it's like motorcycle rock, and it's <laughs> all right. But yeah, they're they're going in a direction. Don't love it, but we have a couple more, uh, only a few more. And this next one is the only one not streaming. Uh, I don't know why. I'm not sure why, but uh, well, Southern Southern Lord, this is the one you guys need to. Sure, yeah, let's do that. Uh, definitely, we're in for some shit. Can this you is crank it down so I can. Oh, you, oh, you can just scrub through it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we're we're doing this from YouTube because yeah, that's okay. Right. All right, so uh, this is yeah, this is 1993's We Must Burn. It crack it a little bit. Hell yeah! This song is pretty pretty good. We're just gone full thrash. This is pretty thrashy. And I was I was like, this is fucking cool. But can they keep it up? Because the last album was was so lacking. Yeah. Ah, oh, Max, so Rollins like that. It is. God, man, I fucked up. I gotta, I gotta look at Thomas notes more thoroughly before you move on to the next albums. Alright. Alright. Let's talk a little bit. I fucked up and I, I moved on too quickly because there's some crazy stories that that Jerry has around the time period of the, of the last album. But before that, Worsley's favorite. <laughs> really? You're, you're fucking crazy. <laughs> you're fucking crazy. <laughs> this one has so much that I hate on it. And I think the right. length of so many of these songs is egregious. The parts that land, I think, are pretty cool. Uh, but ultimately, God I damn, almost gave this personal favorite. That's wild. <laughs> I think this is fucking cool. I find it to be the most boring. The, the mo- like, I don't think any of it's horrific. I just find it like that's super boring and I'm checked out. Both both listens. And they were pretty – they were separated. This Each listen was separated. Uh you're crazy. I don't love this album. Not even a little bit. I will never return this album. And one thing I will note that's very fucking interesting. I wasn't expecting it. If someone reprints this album, I will buy it and rub it in Mike's <laughs> fucking face. <laughs> Endless Blockades for the Pussyfooter is a fucking Gizm cover. Oh, shit. Is that? 
Because I was listening to that. I was like, this could be a fucking Venom song. Dude, that's, that's from Gizm. That's a Japanese hardcore punk band. We, Dude, someone I, requested Gizm recently, oh, <laughs> which is wild. I've never listened to them before, but I I like that song. This because I thought it was like very Venom-like. I'll tell you right now, you're going to like the original more. I probably, I might. The, because the reason why I say that is because the, my, the original is more Venom-like. My interest the, is real peaked right now. The vocals, the, the Gizm vocalist is, yeah, it's black kid. Hell yeah. It's harsh. Uh, I do like the original better. It's still a cool song though. Uh, but some of the crazy shit. So this was a, a reference in uh, to, to one of the tracks from the last time with the song What Happened to Sunday. Jerry said that it was just a, it was about him blacking out for days at a time. Uh, and one of his citations or one of the stories he has he says uh one of the last shows we played at satiricon we were playing and i woke up behind the drum set i fucking looked up and i'm like are we are we in texas where the fuck are we i'm looking around i didn't know where i was and we were on stage playing i i, I wake up it's a confusion that's that's not good <laughs> like he says at, at that time it was, it was everything drugs everything i went to a fucking coma when i had to stop doing anything for a week and then i woke up in a hospital and they said you have everything in your system they, they were naming the shit off everything except marijuana they asked why didn't you have that i'm trying to get a job and they didn't think that was too funny <laughs> it's very funny it is <laughs> very, very funny. funny last thing which is a pretty big big moment fucking wild moment he says, uh, so I don't do that anymore because you can't. I haven't done any drugs for 18 months. Uh, he shaped up after an incident in 2012 when he had three toes removed from his right foot as a result of treading on broken glass and sliding the bottom, slicing the bottom of his foot while drugged out in Portland. His legs swelled up and became infected. Somehow I missed that because later on, uh, I won't get into the details, but he has a quote about he might have to amputate his foot. Yep. I assumed it was due to the drugs, the alcohol and the weight. And somehow yep. I missed that. I didn't realize it, it was, was fucking negligence. Straight well, I mean, up negligence. I mean, you drag your foot through that stuff because of drugs and alcohol. Yeah, yeah. He yeah. was him. He was just fuck. I mean, but it, yeah, he didn't think it was an accident. I think it was like I thought I was. Me like that was a byproduct. Or, not, yeah, not so something much, bought on by. Yeah. yeah, not literally an event, uh, which is fucking wild. And then there's also like some some interviews with um with Pig Champion and and Steve around that time period, which is uh I didn't realize they were really Whoa. big big in Germany. Yeah, uh, and then like in Europe too, they're a lot more popular there, which is which is interesting. But it's also fascinating because uh, how bitter and like not into the 90s music as they were. Oh, yeah. They fuck it. Yeah. They were. And it's There's fucking, fucking grizzled, angry old man. It, it's hilarious. It's so funny. I disagree with almost all of it, but it's so funny reading the pig champion quotes and I'm going to read them because it's fucking hilarious. He just shits on every single grudge band. I do agree with the the last band he hates. And I do but too. everything else. And and I do too, but <laughs> so this is, this is this is a quote from Pig. He says, Soundgarden to me sounds like Led Zeppelin without the fucking solos. Nirvana is probably the only band of any of these bands that broke through that is worth the shit. At least they're punk punk rock songs all sound like punk rock and then steve says and they can't they can write a song at least there's a tune there not just a mindless fucking grunge crap and then pig says like pearl jam they really suck (laughs) 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 and then it gets so much worse 
And Steve goes on to say, girly music. It really gets my goat. That asshole singer of theirs who they just scooped off some fucking beach in Venice, California. Now he's being heralded as the new fucking Jim Morrison. I mean, give me a break. Somebody ought to drop a couple sheets of acid in that guy's drink. Just because he's got a nice chiseled chin <laughs> and nice hard pecs doesn't mean he's fucking shit. That guy's a fucking pussy. That's half, <laughs> that's half of it right there. You want to get on MTV? You have to have a nice chiseled chin, hard pecs, and the girls love you. These fucking guys. <laughs> Meanwhile, they're saying this surrounded by garbage and flies, which is the funniest visual. Also, I don't like Pearl Jam, but I'm gonna I'm gonna assume Eddie Vedder's a good dude. I don't fucking care. I don't care. Yeah. Like, maybe he is. Maybe not. Like I don't like his music. I don't really give a fuck uh, about him, regardless of that. But. The same way I don't give a fuck about it if, if members Sungarden or, or or fucking her, horrific rapists and murderers, I love their fucking music. So I stand by Soundgarden. <laughs> Just this is the way it is. Uh, and these these guys were like, I, I I don't know if like, because that 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 interview was taken from ninety two. Yeah. So it was in the middle of all of that, and they were also banned from a bunch of clubs in Portland because yeah. of who they are and what they do. So I don't know if it was a lot of just bitterness of, of the time period or if later on they'll be like, ah, those are bands are actually pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you don't know. You don't know. Uh, mostly because he's dead now, but you don't know. Anyways, back to this awesome. Also, last note, I already disagreed entirely with, t- with Pig Champions Taste Music already. Yeah. So none of that is surprising to me at all. <laughs> at all. That's true. That's but, true. But back to this album. Back to this album. Uh, fucking awesome. One-off thrash album the most Ugh. thrash so boring so i mean let me tell you when i stop how forgettable does it get no that song's bad oh that yeah. song's bad okay i'm, I'm not gonna i'm not gonna fight you okay on that um but like hung like a savior is like excessive thrash shredding that i would expect from a band like slayer but not poison idea hung like a savior is actually really fucking cool it's actually very good cool. and the the solos i mean they're real hard rocky, but goddamn, are they not well done? They're legitimate solos. Mm-hmm. Um, That's a good song. Yeah, um, it's not the last fucking any any time. It's like new guitar. Oh right, like, yeah. yeah. So okay, that has really good effects, really good dynamics. Mm-hmm. It has a lot of great buildup. Just so happens to have the lamest and blandest and most boring riff they've ever done. Yeah, <laughs> it is a insanely shitty riff. Just with amazing arrangements and great effects in production. I'll take it. It's I and I can't. I can't. Yeah. That's that's just the difference there. Like I see what it what it has. I just don't like the way it's written. Um what else? Um Jesse's arm is another more uh My, like I like a lot of the, the bass lines in there. They're really dorsey, you know? Like yeah, which is I, interesting. Autocorrect fucked me over. I don't know what I was trying to say here, but uh, another example where they use some like big tom sounds and uh, yeah, I dig Jesse's arm. And then, uh, oh man, I actually have like a few. I th- there's some interest. There's some stuff to talk oh, about for sure. Slumlord, the like whisper vocals are kind of funny, but like the surf rock guitar stuff. Oh man, it's fucking five minutes, and so many of the riffs are just so generic. I, I I've heard these so many times. I'm and it's hey man, so long. It's not the cramps. It's better. It is a million times better than the cramps. It is so much better. I listen to this fucking every day. 
and then yeah, nice little. I believe the closers, religions, and politics part. Oh, yeah, religion. part one. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't know where part two is, but um, no part two. Um, yeah, I think that's the first time they use guitar or acoustics. It is, and it is the best song on the album. And it's that, real nice. That is what I wanted from the band progressing. Mm-hmm. Like that song made me so sad because well, it's an instrumental. It's a very short instrumental, acoustic, really dynamic closer, but. That's the experimentation that I was craving where they're moving in the direction. I want to hear them just fucking trying shit. And they dabbled in, in metal a little bit and then that's it. And that's the only acoustic pretty thing we get basically until the very end. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's just like, man, they, it could have been more. And it's not like it's not just the that they went acoustic for that thing. It's actually well written. It's a good fucking song. Hell yeah. It's a minute and a half long, but it's still still fucking cool. Hell yeah. Yeah, I think the novelty of this just fucking worked for me in a, a sea of, of hardcore punk, and I was not expecting any of it, really, and uh, I think there's some cool sounding stuff. There and is. It still comes in at a cool 33 minutes. At, that's one thing we didn't even mention. The, the, <laughs> their longest album is 36 minutes. Yeah. Their longest. Yeah. And the shortest is, of course, 12 minutes. Uh, but... My, my worst least favorite there's just too much boring on here the stuff even though i appreciate how it's being performed the writing just isn't there so much of it it just feels very generic and and, and tried and true and well we'll try it untrue i guess because it's i it's been done to death that's why that's how i feel about a lot of it uh it is it is weird that like to me it's not like a a like my war type thing where i'm like oh this like transcends boundaries and where like yeah. My War is a good sludge metal album for people who like sludge metal. But then it's like, I, this is like purely in the context of the band that it works for me. Oh, okay. Yeah. This, I couldn't recommend. Like, yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be like, oh, dude, you like metal? Check out this weird, crazy thing that this hardcore punk band did. Because yeah. it's weird and crazy in the context of Poison Idea. That, yeah, yeah. It is their weirdest album for sure, yeah. which I, I actually do love it in a sense for it being the weirdest one. Like, obviously, the it's second weirdest. It's the second weirdest one to me. Yeah. It's the second, fucking second. It's for it being one of their weirdest albums. I do appreciate it, but mm-hmm. yeah, just the rest I couldn't get behind. But, after now, this, after this, they now go on there's a, some more trials and tribulations. Boy, howdy! Yes, there's a long hiatus. Pig decides to not tour anymore because it's hard. Uh, so but, Jer- Jerry has some quotes but, here. I also uh, I don't I don't know, if, but they basically like played like one of their last shows in '96. That sounds familiar. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so Jerry says. Uh, in regards to the dark personal experiences fueling the band's music. He says, uh, yeah, well, that's the, the kind of stuff we grew up around. Shocker. He says, Tom had a more, uh, a little stable family life than me. He would, he definitely had his share now that he's gone. Cause this was, you know, after he died, now that he's gone, I could say he became a drug dealer in high school. And that's pretty much what he did all his life. He had, of course, Poison Idea Records financed through that. And that's my life, what I was exposed to, too. So we always had that element of that stuff that, that happens. Somebody ripped you off. You got to get a gun and fucking take care of business. That's Ooh. the band. That's what the fucking band is. Like, it doesn't get more real than that. Yeah. All the music's l- literally fueled by by drugs financed by drugs 
and drugs and violence and injuries and fucking comas and obesity and garbage and especially obesity especially obesity there were literally 1300 pounds collectively (laughs) fucking shit oh my god so later on they they reunite in 2000 to record new stuff and uh so yeah jerry and pig reconvened and the yeah it was released the the next album was in 2006 but it was uh released after um to, uh, to pig champion had died uh he just says he was found dead in his home i'm sure it was related to his many th- lifestyle choices imagine if it wasn't though <laughs> fuck man and some guy just shot him <laughs> something crazy yeah that would also make sense though also this is this is the um before we get into this next one this this is the quote that got me where i'm like fuck these guys yeah these guys are living hard times for 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 life for life dude beginning to end it never got easier uh so this is uh from an interview the interview in 2013 jerry says uh right, right around the time or like 2004 time period he says Right before, uh, right before Big Champion died, I was homeless for a couple of years. Poison Idea was on hiatus, and I'd squat, and I'd pretty much sold everything. Got divorced from my wife, lost everything, and once I got back on track, I got my shit together and stopped doing drugs. I wanted to start getting all those things again. I wanted that finished punk rock record that I really loved, the Llama first album. I still have that album. It's fucking great. Came out oh, yeah. three. Says, and then I got the. Uh, the text and the horse heads records that I threw away and I got the detox record that I wanted. It was weird because I always had my germ singles even when I was fucking homeless. I had those at my brother's, me and Charlie, uh, who's uh, Myrtle, who played on, um, I forget which album, like two albums ago he was on it. He was uh, the bass player. He says, uh, we were at a homeless shelter once and this kid said, hey, we were going to sell this, but if you would sign it, and, and it was a fucking feel the darkness in, in their yeah. backpack. That was the only CD they had. Hell they said, yeah. uh, if you sign this, maybe we'll hold, hold on to it. I was like, yeah, dude, fucking stay strong, brother. Thank you so much. Also, I love the juxtaposition of like he loves the germs so much. Those are the only things he's going to hold on to. And then he runs into someone who like. I know they were going to sell it. Yeah. But obviously, I'm assuming they sold other CDs and oh, they, they yeah. held on to that yeah. one. The law, like, oh, maybe I'll turn it around. And that was like the last resort sell. Man. And to have that, like, he has his germs records and then running into a fan where they yeah. held, like, oh, it's beautiful. Man, this, it's beautiful. It's I, it's under horrible conditions. But, yeah, it's it's a great story that I wish didn't happen. But, yeah. And it's it's also like super pointy because uh, this is the outlier situation of a homeless situation where it just a guy who got fucked. I mean, he's still on drugs, which is not that out of the ordinary, but got divorced, lost everything, ended up homeless and fucking picked it back up. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's just, it's inspiring, but it's also heartbreaking. Like this guy's life was never easy. Yeah. It's probably so, still isn't. Probably if still. I'm gonna, if I'm going to take a guess. It's probably still not easy, but I think he's a lot better now. At More least. stable. Yeah. I, hope so. I fucking really hope so. But this is the first of the two reunion albums. This, this is the last album with Pig Champion because he, yes. he died before this is released. This is 2006's latest will and testament. Oh yeah, lower the bucket. There we go. 
And honestly, I think this is... This is what you want from a reunion album. It is basically... You you, you like you like how we're hardcore? Well, we're hardcore, again. We're so hard, yeah. And yeah, it's great. Anytime a band is older, this sound like... Even if this isn't going to make any fans, it's just like great to be like, hey, you guys haven't really lost a step. Yeah. Yeah. So it's basically just sounded hardcore. Nothing, nothing too out of the ordinance from what we heard. And this is the other album I don't like. Yeah, I, I get that. Yeah. I, I, I think I just... It's weird. My short relationship with the band. I yeah. was just like, oh, it's Pig's last album. I it, <laughs> that's the thing. It is Pig's last album, but I think it, this was very close to being worse. And the only, only reason I, why it wasn't is because the songs I like ended up sticking out too much and, uh, and sticking with me longer. Like Novelty, mm, that baseline is addictive, dude. It's, it's I don't know. It's not ingenious or anything, but it's just super catchy, which is... I can't say that about a lot of Pussy Diaz songs. It's catchy. I love a good dirty bass intro yep so that's why yeah i'm i'm there with you yeah and, and kill the Me- messenger is uh it's much heavier than a lot of the ones and i think the double pedaling is put to good use there and it that's a good that's a good song for and me uh too. The, the other two songs I, I dig uh with slash against it's like yeah look at that we're on the what, same base like, uh, like fucking holy shit out. three three for three dude yeah it's dark hard it's <laughs> is it samey definitely but there's enough meat there for it to just not be it, I just i don't love it but i i'm I still like it, and it has a really great outro. Um, the other one I like on here is X or Factor X. Factor X, not not a fan. I found okay. it to, to be like high speed rock and roll. Okay, which is not surprising given their, you know, their love of New York Dolls and whatnot. But yeah, Mike, that's pretty fucking insane. How we agree? I would say those are all the highs. The other ones are lows, but they're not like. Oh god, this is unlistenable. It's not unlistenable. I do actually like the closer, Atonement for the Curse. I think it's very heavy and cool. It brings down the speed, cranks up the heaviness and the evil. I think it's a strong closer. Mm-hmm. But uh, everything else, it's like it's just average hardcore. Yeah. It's just average, really predictable, kind of generic in a lot of places. The only thing I think fucking stinks is Jihad Love. It really <laughs> overstays its welcome. That's like the only song I'm like and Jesus, dude. <laughs> and then one of your pet peeves, it's right up in front. Track two. Oh, yeah. I'm out. I'm out, yeah. dude. Yeah. The the highs were high enough for me to, uh, to forgive, but uh, and also the album is like 27 minutes. So it is that was that was basically it. it's super short. It has the highs that I like. It's not worst, but I still don't don't love it very much. Uh, this this album was produced and recorded by Mike Lastra, who owns uh, Schmegma Studios, uh, which is part of the experiment, experimental noise group Schmegma. Um, he also worked on an earlier album, but apparently uh, Schmegma is, is appeared on the Nurse with Wound list, which is a, apparently a famous list uh, included with the first Nurse with Wound album, where they named all the obscure bands that they had in their record collection, which I'd, I'd never heard of this list. I didn't know anything about this. This is all from Tom. Yeah. I. And he says in his notes, he says, and if you don't know who Nurse with Wound are, you can bet there'll be a lot more to say about them when a coil or throbbing gristle episode comes around. 
well. That's something to look forward to. There we go. Yeah. Hell yeah. Those are two bands that, that deserve like time and attention. I don't want to just like throw them on the list and just rush through it. Like those are like bigger and important. For sure. But look, these are all of this is the list where, oh yeah, I'm in duel. I'm in duel too. Yeah. There's some cut rock in there already. Um, it's a massive list. It is a massive chrome. I um, okay, so I'm, I'm already seeing John Cage can. Okay, Captain B4. Un- this is an incredible list. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> under, the, under the A's, uh, I don't want to say it on air, but the, I see a band I, I want to cover. Yeah. Yeah, there's a there's yeah, this is a yeah. wild list, wild list. Um, so that's, right. that, that's that's the association that they have. I mean, they it's no surprise because Jerry is a fucking music guy. He's a musician through and Even through. Even though he does hardcore, yeah, he is a he is a music nerd. Yeah, hundred percent. There is a you can, and it's so funny because uh, a couple of weeks ago, uh, at this point, like three weeks ago, we covered the fucking virgins, and we're just laughing and screaming about how this douchebag shallow and how he has no business being in music. He doesn't even like music. He's like naming like you, you, you sung songs in school. Meanwhile, this homeless man with no toes is is listening to the most amazing fucking obscure music ever. Yeah. It's like, that's just the difference in, in types of people and where you go in life. It's just, it's fascinating and wild and sometimes very sad, but, uh, there's a, this is like the most um well it's not the most recent but this is some interesting stuff about um about the writing process that jerry talks about uh because i guess they just write about their their experiences which is not super uncommon but i didn't really i didn't dive into lyrics because you know me and i skip lyrics almost entirely uh but for fans of poison idea the lyrics are like the top i I think it's considered one of the best harker punk writers i could see that but yeah uh it's it is uh it is like a little hard to consume when there aren't like main and courses per se. So. Yeah. Yeah. And uh also and it, if songs go by so fast, you're not gonna have Yeah, and also he's fucking you've no idea what he's he's fucking Tasmanian deviling every song. But apparently they're well written. And I, I, I believe that and just just even his he's a funny guy, like leaving his interviews, like he's a he's a charming dude funny guy and he's still very sharp but also he says this thing right here which i I think is just in a nutshell about art in general he says just write about what you know and if you don't you're lying and people can tell that's it and that that's that's the quote it's very brief but it's also like all across the board in all art that is that should be a rule if you're lying you're gonna get Uh, spotted dude just you have to be you have to be sincere uh but when you have a life as wild as his, there's no shortage of material. Goddamn. Oh boy. But anyway, yeah. So pig would die. And then there would be a long break in between. And this next and final album, there's so little info. There is, you can't, we can't even find out who played on the album. It's like, Oh shit. There's no info. Uh, the only thing I do know for sure is, uh, I mean, they have like the names of the backup vocalists. They have like it's fucking weird, weird, and, and and they had um, and I don't know who plays drums on this album. Mm-hmm. I, I imagine it's uh, it's the, um, the same dude from from the last one, which is uh Jimmy T. Oh, sorry, uh Chris Cuthbert, but it's not for sure. Uh, a guy named um Gordon well, Gordon well, Shaw. Veg is on this one, right? Veg, uh, yeah, yeah, uh, fucking um, 
vegetable, he's he is on this according to, to Wiki. There's, that's the mm-hmm. only source you can find. Um, I think that that has a it's backed up. Um, I'm not entirely sure, but again, the, the Discogs has nothing. Um, I just it just mentioned that he plays on this album. I almost wonder if uh, someone like physically owns this album. It, maybe there's liner notes. Hopefully. If it's not if it's not on Discogs, then it's not. Because yeah. it, it just says like the you know the artwork by this person, the backup yeah. was by, the, and then yeah, a guy named Gordon Shaw played on one track, drums, mm-hmm. and that's basically all we get. Um, but I imagine it's a lot of overlap, whatever. Anyways, let's put on Southern Lord. This came out 2015. This is Confuse and Conquer. His voice here rejuvenated me. This album does sound way gnarlier than the previous one in the best way yep. possible. He's, Jerry sounds more like himself. Yeah. Somehow. It's that it's that Southern Lord effect. Yeah. Like two weeks in a row. Wait, wait, right? Uh Pro? Maybe, I think so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, more generic hardcore, but it's pretty. It's not bad. It sounds better. It's it yeah. feels better. It's not yeah. like it's written better or anything. It just feels better. It's better. It's just produced really fucking well. Jerry sounds incredible on it, and this album is their fucking weirdest album. Yeah, this this is uh, once I recover from this. Uh, yeah, I think I'm going to come back to this one. Yeah, I think me too. Yeah. It's, no business being as interesting, diverse, fucking experimental, and good as it is. Dude, um, yeah, when Psychic Wedlock yeah, came yeah, on, yeah, yeah. I was just like, this, okay, this is weird. This is... it is So that intro is phenomenal. It's it's out of left field. It's, it's a it's super, it's a legitimately great piano intro. And then, then the song goes into, like, I feel like it devolves into this kind of forgettable mid-paced hardcore. But then... Right in the middle, it goes real sludgy, real spooky, real spacey, and fucking awesome. I mean, it goes eventually. It, it goes back to the shit I don't like. I don't love the song as a whole, but the parts that rip are unlike anything they've ever done. Yep, um, hypnotic. I do give a miss. It's just really, I like it a lot. That's the song that uh that had a different drummer on. Okay, yeah, that one was just. It's not full on rockabilly, but it was just no, a, no. A, a little too close. So, reason why I like it. It is so different for them. Yeah. It is. It is. You would never guess to be that that to be a poison idea song. It has very snappy drums. It's very in the, in the context. It's quiet. It's still like you know upbeat and fast. But the it has like palm muted guitars. Uh, it has like these sung backup vocals, which they don't do very often. It's still pretty generic, but it feels so different from everything that I welcome the change so much. Mm-hmm. And even has like rock and roll pianos in there, which is like it's yeah. goofy and silly, <laughs> but it just feels differently. And it's a thing that, that not a lot of their albums do where they, it, it, most of them just have the same mode the whole way through. But this is like, oh, what the fuck? That's a different this, band. It, yeah, almost. this one ebbs and flows. Uh, fucking cold black afternoon. I couldn't believe these guys could play that fast still. It, 
So I feel like uh, that song about uh, I feel about that song the way I do about most of the album where it's just every song is way too long. Yeah. Most songs are three minutes plus, some of them four, some of them five. Uh, but it just works. I do dig that song. I dig that song as well. Uh, and then I think we're in agreement. The best song on here. Dead Cowboy. Holy shit. Holy shit, dude. dude. Holy shit. I was listening to this with dylan and at first he's like yeah it's like hardcore and that song came on and he's like i like really like this song it's a not only is it a fucking western song yeah like it's it's not just a western song it is a a like thorough and genuine well executed like a real western song and a genuinely great song. Like it's not just Has like they pulled it zero off. Business being this amazing. It's like where you you see a, a a band like this where they they try a fucking wild ass genre, and it's like I see what they were doing. They they don't know how to write that kind of music, so it, it feels like kind of goofy and stupid. Mm-hmm. This is like if they feel like they're at home. Exactly, it works. It's well written. It's performed like a fucking beast. It's produced perfectly. It's it's just so strange. It is funny they have a song called Beautiful Disaster. <laughs> and I dig it. Yeah. And it, it's one of the best hardcore songs they've done in fucking years. Yeah. And it, the, oh, man. And then the re- reprise. Oh, such a good. Because what it is, it's just the good parts of Psychic Wedlock. Oh, shit. It's, I didn't even catch that. It is literally just all the good parts smashed. In, it's a little bit extra in, on the psychedelic side. Mm-hmm. It's, it's very short, but it's the psychedelic and the piano parts of Psychic Wedlock just as, as the closer, which is like. Perfect. It took everything I didn't like about that song and uh, chopped it off and made it into an outro. Hell yeah. Perfect. And it's not a perfect album. There's still some shit that I don't love. Like I don't, I don't like me and me and JD at all. I think it's kind of dog shit, generic punk. Uh, uh, and I don't, I don't care for the rhythms of insanity so much, Mm -hmm. but I love Jerry's performance on it. I think he sounds fucking awesome. Uh, And I do, I do see that as a song people probably would like. I just personally don't care for it. In terms of old man reunion albums, though, it this doesn't is, get much better than this. Yeah, it's insane. I, I, I had, I was fully ready to give this worse. Like, <laughs> this is not only a reunion album; it's a reunion reunion album. It's ten years after the other guy died. I, I saw Southern Lord put it out. I'm like, no, there's got to be something, uh-huh. something with something this. Like I don't that. think they would just like. Mm. Not to say they don't have bad albums. I haven't listened to everyone, right. but for the most part, I'm rarely lit down if it's got that. And this one is no different. Yeah. I mean, weirdly, weirdly good. Mm-hmm. And, and and it's it was a very, it left a nice taste in my mouth after, after the whole discography and made me like happy that the band exists and that they did what they did and that they, they ended on such a weird high note that really has absolutely no business being good uh but goddamn is it fucking very cool and it, the most diverse and interesting album yeah like, w- how like that's, yeah. that's so it's so rare that that happens in a, in a, in a career <laughs> goddamn but uh yeah so they broke up in i don't even know 2019 uh, where they announced it officially i don't know exactly uh, I might be able to pull it up here, but so okay so yeah since they played their last show 2019 so there's a few wild things about i mean this band had some wild shit but some wild things so between the last album and this album in 2008 steve the drummer 
was fucking, he wasn't in the band anymore, but he was arrested in connection with a string of pharmacy robberies. And apparently, I, I looked at the fucking yeah. article, uh, he was holding up uh, like Walgreens pharmacies at knife point for prescription drugs. I mean that's that's what this band does. It's what the it's what they do. They're yeah. just criminals and druggies, which is fucking wild. He ended up dying in 2020 uh, of a heart attack. Yeah. Shocker, shocker. Uh, and then, uh, and then, yeah. After that, um, that's I think. Um, I mean, it just 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 happened. I don't remember what year exactly it was. I forget. But where he died? Or? No, no, no. Where um, where Jerry started writing the. The, the, oh, his, I, I think yeah. I have it here. Oh, that's when he talks about uh, possibly amputating his foot. It's yeah. in there. So he's talking about the the autobiography that, that was just released. He says, uh, for years, um, Adam Parfrey, who was a friend of his, would tell me, you need to do it. You need to do it. It took years and I wouldn't do it. I had no desire. He said, yeah, I'll get to it. I'll, I'll get to it. I'm just uh, I'm still researching my book. I'm still doing more things. Got to go to the hospital this weekend. This week I'm researching getting my foot amputated. Uh, he said, I'll do it now. I'll, do, I'll get you. Know. Uh, about two years before he died, I sat down and I actually did it. I wrote hard and I got it done. Then the two of them had a falling out. He says, uh, then I was struck with, then I was stuck with this mat, this transcript. And then about a week later, he fell down the stairs and died. So I felt really shitty about that because we were friends. And then we had this fallout falling out. And then, you know, uh, so I just shopped around, called some people. Like, does anybody know? Does anybody, does people in LA? And eventually he got hooked up with someone and they fucking published it. And it was a big book. It was a thousand pages basically. And they said, uh, well, this is a, we got to do an anthology. We got to do it in parts. So uh, it's called Black Heart Fades Blue, and it's released in three parts. Each, you know, the first one is about his childhood. Second one is about the Poison Idea stuff and all the, you know, young years. And the last one is about him afterward. And he says, uh, uh, right here, he says, all this stuff, like I say, the hospital visits and the gunshots and shit like that. Uh, so they said, so they said, we're going to release it in a box, a box edition set with like three volumes, the early years, the middle years and the later years. That's what they're doing. And it's called Black Heart Fades Blue. And it goes up until when I met my wife three years ago. And that's where it ends right there, which is very nice. It's yeah. very nice and uh, well-rounded. I don't want to learn anything else. I want to th- just imagine <laughs> that he's happy and he's successful and he's married and he's, he's, he's all good. I want this man to do okay. <laughs> God damn. Heavy, dude. Crazy, crazy dudes. There's always some kind of crazy shit with hardcore punk bands, but this is like one of the ones where it's like, oh, these were the real deal. If they were like more f- famous, I could see like turning their lives into like a movie or a TV series. It dude, it would be an amazing TV series. It'd be insane. I don't know if there was enough like accounts for what happened though. There was, it's just Jerry at this point. Basically. Well, some guys are still alive. There's a million <laughs> members. The million, can, but they were there. A lot of them didn't even play shows. They would just join and then leave. What about they fucking up. roadies? Or, uh, there's a way. There's a way. I mean, there, were, there were no roadies for punk bands. Oh, there, there were some, but most of them just did their own shit. Uh, but there's there's a way. There's for sure a way. Uh, but anyway, thanks so much for listening and watching. Uh, this has been a wild and lengthy episode, unsurprisingly. But let's do a little recap. Uh, for me, best personal favorite. Ah, personal favorite. Fill the Darkness is a, a newbie, I think. Yeah, that's, you know, that's the one. This Do that unless you're a crazy hardcore punk fanatic. Then you're going to be with Mike. And then uh, my worst, least favorite, War All the Time. 
not awful, but it kind of wore out its welcome for me. All right, all right, all right. Uh, best personal favorite, pick your king. One of the greatest hardcore records ever made. If you have any passing interest, that is what it is. That is what it's about. Sure, there are other examples like group sex and uh, fucking adolescence and, I don't know, die, uh, dance with me or so, or other plenty of hardcore records where it's like, oh, these are really good albums that you can show these to more people. This is hardcore. Like, this is hardcore, hardcore. It, it, this is exactly, uh, it's, it's, I think it's perfect. Uh, worst least favorite, We Must Burn because it's boring. <laughs> Not because it's weird. I like the weird. I appreciate the weird. I just don't like how it was written in any way at all. Oh, my God. But that about does it. Thank you so much both to both Eli and Roy for suggesting this one. This is I, I'm, I'm actually really happy that people wanted this one because it's a fucking inch, it's such a fascinating band. Mike's mood did a complete 180 from recording to now. It's amazing to see it's because it's so, it's so fascinating. Like, yeah, these are these are the best stories in music for me. Like the dudes who were. Dying and going to jail and shooting people and selling drugs. And getting it's like toes amputated. Getting toes amputated. It's just it's too real. And it makes you grateful that you don't have to fucking live through that. There's 1300 pounds of them. So fucking fat. They're so fat. <laughs> Y'all gotta get healthier, man. You're gonna die soon. It's not good. <laughs> But thank you so much for listening and watching and hanging out. If you like the video, like the video. Leave comments if you want to talk shit, if you want to chit-chat, if you want to leave your picks for best and worst. You can also subscribe. That would also be very cool, along with telling your buddies if yeah, they're also fans of this shit. It's a weird, obscure music that we all seem to like at this channel. Don't forget to check out the Poison Idea Spotify playlist. We got a link in the description. We got a place associated with basically every episode. Uh, you can find all those at everyallnever.com. Please, please follow and not follow. Join the Patreon, patreon.com slash ever for all the bonus episodes, early access to the Loose Ends episodes, 20% off all our merch. You get to see our schedule in advance. You get to vote on polls. And if you're tier two, then you get to suggest artists for us and we actually will cover it. And that's all good stuff. Uh, don't forget to check out my debut EP, Pander Monkey, on all platforms. It's very cool. It sounds nothing like Poison Idea, but I still think it's very cool. Uh, follow me on all social media at Pander Monkey as well. And follow Alex on Instagram. At Mother Puncture. Hell yes. And last but not least, our history guy, Tom Osmond, who gathered so much fucking awesome and fascinating history about this band and all these interviews. Uh, Tom Osmond sounds on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, and uh, Tom, uh, TomOsmond.substack.com for all of his writings and musings about music and his debut album, So Much for All in a Day's Work, which you can find a link to in the description as well as all the platforms. Very cool stuff. Now, if I pick so the last song, I can't pick something that's going to be over in 40 seconds. You can pick a few songs. Uh, I, I think I have a better idea. You can pick half half the, the EP. <laughs> that is true. I could pick half. But I think a better idea is just to go with, I think, their best closer. And that is Out of the Picture from hey Kings of So hell yeah. Thank you so much for listening and watching. See ya.
It's the music. Music. It's the music. Music. It's the music. Animals. The music. It's the music. And beats upon your brain. Oh, and I had to do it. Colors of darkness. The most rotten, dirty, damnable, filthy, putrid, filth. Rotten, dirty, damnable, filthy, putrid, filth. Dirty, damnable, filthy, putrid, filth. Rotten, dirty, damnable, filthy, putrid, filth. Filthy, putrid, putrid, filthy, putrid, filth. This is the most rotten, dirty, damnable, filthy, putrid, filth, filth, filth.